0: You guys may be seated. And as you're being seated, we'll dismiss the kids for Children's Church. Uh, I know the Peterson and Daphne jar is not up there. It's in the back. So uh, go ahead and give your money on your way out today. As the kids are being dismissed, um, when you get a chance, whether you have kids or not, take a minute and thank somebody who works in the child care. Um, we've all been affected by that. If you've grown up in the church, somebody took the time to teach you God's Word. Somebody took the time to disciple you. Uh, they're back there Sunday in and Sunday out. Make sure you guys spend a minute and thank them for what they're doing. Let's, uh, let's pray for those kids as they go on out. Lord God, thank you so much that we do have kids in this church. I thank you that we've got them of all ages, and I thank you that we have an opportunity to disciple them. Uh, Lord, as that song that we just sung says, we want to be changed from the inside out uh, as adults as well as kids. So I pray that this morning, as they're downstairs learning, as they're upstairs learning, and as we're in here learning, I pray that you would begin to make changes in us. Don't let us be satisfied with where we're at, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know it seems kind of ironic asking this question now with what's coming down outside, but have you ever been in a good rainstorm? And I mean like a really good rainstorm. You guys are like, yeah, yeah, we have. We live in the Pacific Northwest. Summer of 2004, I was in Kentucky doing a mission trip with senior high students, and we were in the hollers. So we were working on a house that was in a ravine. You know, a hill up here drops down. There's this house, and then a hill over here. We are putting in a, a, a wheelchair ramp for a guy who had gotten scammed out of it by another company. And I tell you what, we heard the rain coming before we saw it. I can't even describe what it sounded like because I wouldn't be able to do it justice, but we're in that ravine and we just hear something. You know, starting to look around and you know, we look up and we see it. I mean, it is a wall of rain. You've seen that? Yeah, we're talking like a serious wall of rain, one that where you may be dry right now, but in a split second you're drenched. And that's what it was. So everybody, everybody started running for cover right, the little overhang, the little, the little trailer he lived in, anything they could find, they ran for it. I'd never seen anything like that before. So I stepped out into the yard. Man, I heard it coming. I saw it coming. And then, boom, I was drenched. Never experienced anything like that. And then after not too long, it was gone. And I turned around, and I'm seeing these people start crawling out from wherever they were hiding. And, you know, what did they see? I was drenched. You know that saying, when it rains, it pours? This Kentucky holler rainstorm took that to a whole another level. Something else. Grab your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3 with me. We are in week ah, 4, I think, of a series we're calling The So What of the Supremacy of Christ. And it's a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Colossae. It's a letter that he said, hey, there's some things I want to address with you, some things I want you to be very clear on. And it's evident, as we have studied this letter so far, that Paul believes in the supremacy of Christ. He believes that Christ should be first, that he should be supreme, that he should reign. Same, same, you know, same type of idea, different spelling. That he should reign in our lives. Now, this past week, as I was sitting there thinking about the Kentucky rainstorm and Paul's view of the supremacy of Christ, I kind of had this very non-creative, non-original knockoff of the phrase, when it rains, it pours. It's this, when Christ reigns, change pours. When Christ reigns, change pours. I know it's not very original, not very creative, but for me, it's a thumbs up. Okay, so go with it today. Say it with me. When Christ reigns, change pours. One more time. When Christ reigns, change pours. When we put Christ in that place of supremacy in our life, when we say, Jesus, you rule, you reign, I guarantee you change is going to happen. Paul knew that because he had seen it take place in his own life, and he was watching it take place in this Colossian church. Don't flip there, just listen to it. But Paul begins his letter like this. Chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of God's good news. This is the same good news that came to you. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere, changing lives. Changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Just as it changed your lives, when Christ reigns, change pours. Now I'm going to say something that may be a bit bold, and I'm going to come back to it at the end. If you are not experiencing change in your life to some degree, Christ isn't in charge. If you're not experiencing change in your life in some manner, then Christ is not in charge. At some point, you have to make the decision, yes, I'm going to take this Jesus thing seriously. I'm going to put him in charge. And when you do, things happen. Our perspective changes. Things happen on the inside and outwardly. Things take place. We get to see this happen in our text today. It's kind of like that Kentucky rainstorm. When you give Christ permission to rain in your life, you're going to get drenched. Chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Paul writes this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I mean, this right here is Paul saying you've got to make a choice to let Christ reign. And he had had done that in chapter 2, verse 6. He said, now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So three is the continuation of that. Just as you have chosen to let Christ reign, here's what's going to happen. He says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven. Oftentimes, when we, when we hear this passage, we start thinking of harps and poofy clouds. We start thinking of white robes and gold sashes and pearly gates, right? But did you see any of that in that text? No. When we start thinking of the things of heaven, we start thinking of the reunion we're going to have with loved ones who have gone there before us. This is good. But is that in the text? No. What is the theme? What is the, the, the idea? What is the person that keeps getting brought up in, in this part when Paul says, think about the things of heaven? Always a correct answer. Go ahead and say it. Jesus, Christ. Yeah, look, look at verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. You see it? Verse 2 and 3. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, Who is your life? When Christ is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. When Christ reigns, our perspective changes, our focus changes, our lens through which we see life changes because we're seeing everything through Christ. Now, you may be wondering, how how do we know if we're doing that? How do we know if we've truly set our sights on the things of heaven, heaven being Christ? Well, There's going to be change happening in the rest of you. That's how you know. And that's what Paul goes on to unpack in the rest of this passage. Verse 5. Paul says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Within you. Okay? So the things on the inside. He says, Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Are you catching all these things? That's quite a list right there. But Paul says, strip them off. It's no longer part of who you are. That stuff that was on the inside, it shouldn't be there anymore. Listen to the list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Greed, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. We could spend weeks looking at each one of those individually. We're not going to do that because as I was studying this past week, I kept looking at that list and I kept thinking, these are things that take place in here. Or at least they're rooted in here. That's where they find their beginning. I've talked to countless people over the last 12 years of ministry. People who have come to me and they've said, Pastor, I got to confess something to you. I've struggled with, you know, X, Y, or Z, and a lot of those things are on this list. I've struggled with it for years, but nobody knows. You're the first one I've told this to. I've kept it in here. Countless people. And my response to them is usually, thank you so much for trusting me with this. We, we struggle, we do. Have you given that area of your life to Christ completely? Have you let him reign in that area? Have you, have you accepted it up here that he's going to take care of that? Because once you've done that, after you've done that, then we can start talking about practical change. When Christ reigns, change pours. Now, I know there are some that may be in here, and you're thinking to yourself, you're just struggling. You're thinking, Pastor, it's not that easy. I've given this over to God, over and over and over and over again, and it just doesn't go away. I've got this daily struggle. It's a daily saying yes to Jesus. And you know my response to that is, praise God. Do what the author of Hebrews says. I think we have it up here. Maybe, maybe not. He says, take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees, I say to this person who's struggling, hold on, hold on, and I'm going to come back to this scenario. Paul addresses a portion of it in verse 10 when he says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and to become like him. Put on. Paint the picture of clothes. In the morning, praise the Lord, every single one of you put on clothes. When you're done with your day, before you put your jammies on, you take off the dirty, right? You put on your jammies. In the morning, you then put on new. If there's a struggle and you're fighting through it, keep putting on the new. It's a choice. Keep putting on the new. And here's where it gets really good. Paul says, put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn. As you learn. You catch that? As you learn to know your creator and become like him. Teachers, can you teach everything overnight? (laughs) The teachers just shake their head. No. You know that learning is a process. You don't learn calculus by jumping into calculus. You learn it by, by learning your numbers and then by adding and then subtracting. And then after that, I get lost somewhere between that and calculus. So teachers, forgive me. But it's a process, right? Learning takes time. Yes, we hear of the people who have this instant life change, this miraculous change. You know, they've been angry. They had this quick temper their entire life, and then they met Jesus, and they let him reign, and all of a sudden, they're never angry again. We've heard of that person, okay? We've heard of the person who's been struggling with pornography since they were age 10, and now they're 30, and they've tried everything, and yet then they meet Jesus, and all of a sudden, they let him reign, and it's gone forever. We hear of that, but let's be honest. The majority of us Don't experience that miraculous change. We experience that daily grind, that daily struggle, that daily choice to say, okay, I made it through yesterday, Lord, but I know I'm going to struggle. I need you to make it through today with me. You reign, God. This is a process of learning, and learning takes time. So I say keep holding on, not to your own strength, but to what Paul keeps drawing our focus back to, to Jesus. And I love it, because in the middle of this real weighty section, he returns our focus. Verse 11, Paul says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slaved or free, Christ is all that matters. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in us. When we choose to let Christ reign, our focus, our perspective changes. That's verses one to four. And then we start seeing some change on the inside. That's verses five through 12. After that, it gets fun. When I was in the Kentucky rainstorm, did I just get my insides soaked? No, no. When it dumped on me, everything was soaked. And the most visible was the outside. The people coming out from under the shelter, they saw that there was just stuff sopping from my shirt and my pants and my hair. And James, you look different than when we saw you last. Yeah, I stepped in the way of the rainstorm. When we do this with Christ, I believe Paul is saying there's going to be things on the outside that become visible too. There's going to be things that others will notice. And we see this in verses 12 to 17. Paul says, since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself. Again, there's that idea. Put on yourself tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. Verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do and say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Put on, it says, clothe yourself with things that other people are going to see. Tender-hearted mercy. You don't show that just on the inside. You show it to somebody else. Kindness is done to others. Humility, gentleness, patience, making allowance for just your own faults. No, it says others' faults. Forgiveness, all things that when we do them, they are seen. He says, clothe yourself in love. The old DC talk song said that love is a verb, it's an action, it's something that we do. Live at peace with just yourself. Live at peace with one another, it says. Always be thankful. Verse 16, let the message of Christ in all its fullness fill your lives, all of you. Teach and counsel each other, it says. Sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Have you ever seen somebody who's got the music inside of them not move? I'm sitting at the Denver Air- airport a couple of, couple of nights ago, and there's all sorts of people walking by in headphones, and you can tell the ones that are walking by listening to talk radio because it's just, you know. And then you get the ones that are listening to music. Yeah, you can't see the, you know, the toe starts tapping, and then, you know, I'm not going to dance. I told myself I wouldn't, right? Right? They, they can't keep it in them. Even if they can't sing, something bursts out of them it's visible. This is what Paul's saying. The change that takes place is visible. He says in verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, these are things that people see they're going to be noticed. And listen, even though he says you put it on, this is still Christ in you that's doing it. It's still Christ that's pushing it, that's giving you the ability to do these things. Verse 15, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Verse 16, let the message about Christ fill your lives. Verse 17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of Christ. Now, just like the list of get rid of's in verse 5 to 9, we could very easily spend weeks looking at the list of put on's. But again, this past week as I was looking at this, I thought, "Don't, don't beat a dead horse. This list is huge, it's vast, and ultimately this entire passage, all 17 verses, can really be simplified. When we let Christ reign, our perspective changes, verses 1 to 4, our insides change, verses 5 to 12, and then our outside changes, verses 12 to 17. When Christ reigns, change pours. When Christ reigns, change pours. I told you I'd come back to a couple of things. There's a couple of asterisks with this, okay? A couple of asterisks. The first asterisk is this. There are people, I mentioned them before, who over and over and over are releasing things to Christ. They're doing all they can, all they can. They're putting in the work to change, but they're just not changing, okay? And good-meaning people, good-meaning people come to them and say, "You, you just need more of Jesus, well, you can never have enough of Jesus. I know that. But there are times when people are constantly giving it over to Jesus and still not seeing any change. There are times where you need to seek professional help. There are times you need to seek professional help. God has given people training and gifts and talents to help you through some of these struggles. Godly people. We shouldn't be ashamed to, to, to seek help. I've known people who have who have been giving things over to Christ forever and ever, and they didn't see change until they sought a counselor. And then wouldn't you know it? It's like, you know, the heavens opened up. So there are those people who put in the work that don't see change. Go seek the professional help. If you don't know where to start, come and find me. I've got a list of people. I'll match you up with somebody. Okay? That's the first asterisk. Here's the second asterisk. There are people who come to church week in, week out, and, oh, I give it over to you again, Lord. Whatever it is, I'm going to, Friday night, Saturday night, but Sunday's coming, right? I'm going to give it over to you. I confess it again, Lord. I need your help. I just can't beat this thing. But then they don't do a thing about it. God, I've been struggling with gossip for years and years and years. And the worst place that I gossip is at the women's night on Fridays. Oh, what's Fridays? I'm going to women's night. That's your fault. God, I struggle with greed, with coveting. I want what other people have. Stop driving through the neighborhoods of the bigger houses. Stop watching the home makeover shows. Stop going to Vegas. That's your fault. Yeah. There are times when, you know, when we truly want to change, when we truly let Jesus reign, he's going to say, okay, this, I want you to work on this. And if you don't work on it, go read chapter, go read verse 6. Hmm. The anger of God is coming. If you don't change, you're just a lazy Christian. When Christ reigns, chains pour, chain, change pours. When Christ reigns, chains, (laughs) I can't even say it, change pours. So what does that mean? Here's the so what portion, okay? So what? We've been talking about this every week. The so what of the supremacy of Christ? Let's talk corporate, okay? Let's talk us as a church. Hopefully every single church is saying, Jesus, this is your church. You're in charge. You rule. You reign, right? And we've been saying that 123-ish years. We've been purposely saying that again. We started that again in January of this year as we've been doing the recalibrate process. Jesus, where is it you want us to go? Where do you need to reign in this church? You know what he said to us? He says, I want you to be church for your neighbors. We've been good. We've been doing good at being church for us. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. We've been growing. We've been, you know. But God says, I want you to be changed, I want you to be church for your neighbors. Okay, God, what does that look like? Well, we don't have all the answers yet. Frankly, we don't have many of the answers yet. But we need to be saying, okay, Jesus, what do you want us to do differently? Is it the way we welcome people at the door? Is it the way we take offering? Is it the the growth groups that we do? Is it the way we follow up? Is it is it the way we interact with our neighbors in our own neighborhood? What is it you want us to do? So listen, when Jesus tells us that we need to, to, to change something, we'll need to change something as a corporate body. That's just one example, okay? Let's look individual. Let's look individual. I said something at the beginning that I said was bold that I was going to come back to. I said that if you're not changing, then Christ isn't reigning in your life. I truly believe that. You know, I don't think we have to see mammoth changes. But I think that if we're not seeing some sort of change, then Christ is not reigning in your life. If you have been here the last month, the last year, the last 50 years, and you're still the same person that you were back then, Christ isn't reigning. And do you really want to keep going through the motions? Or do you want to step in front of this Jesus guy who's going to rain in our life like that Kentucky rainstorm? Do you want to hear him coming? Do you want to see him coming? Do you want to say whatever it takes? Change me. Change me. That's what I want. I want him to drench us. Individually, I want him to drench us corporately. And that means work. That again, not on our own strength, not on our own power. This is Christ in us, the hope of glory. But that's what I want. You know, as I was prepping this last week, I kept thinking, you know, that this could be the pivotal message in this Colossians series. It could be. Not that the ones before were bad. Not that the ones, the next two are going to be bad either. But this could be the one that, that we Remember? You know, a few months from now, a few years from now, when we're reading through Colossians, we may think, oh, oh, Pastor, I remember you talked about rain and Kentucky and change and things. I liked that one, right? I don't want that. I don't want this just to be a message that's remembered, that's smiled at. I want this to be a Sunday, a message that the Spirit of God shows up when he convicts, when he encourages, where he moves, and where change truly starts to happen. That's what I want this morning. So here's how we're going to finish. You know, we, we can't manufacture God moments. That's up for him to show up. But here's how we're, we're going to finish. I gave you guys, or people gave you when you came in, uh, hopefully two of these little cards. Uh, if you didn't get any, there's a few more up here. On it, these cards say this. First line, it says, I'm choosing to let Christ reign by completely surrendering my entire life to him. You know, it could be that you're sitting here today thinking, wow, I've been coming to church for the last decade, and I don't know if I've ever said, Jesus, all of me is yours. If that's the case, and if you want to make that choice today, circle this, highlight it, you know, put an an X next to it, whatever it is. The next line, it says, I'm choosing to let Christ reign in this area of my life. If we're following Christ we are in process of being changed into the image of Christ and as far as I know no, none of us is here yet. None of us has arrived yet. So there are still areas that we are working on. Maybe there's are long-term areas that we're struggling with. Maybe it's just something we know that over the next month with the holidays coming we're going to struggle with. And we need to say Jesus, I want you to reign in that in my life too. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's an addiction. Whatever it is, write it down on there. I don't know how good the pencil writes on this, on this ink, but do your best, okay, write on it. And then here's what's gonna happen in the rest of the service. The worship team is gonna sing a song, a new one that we haven't sung before, and the words are not gonna be up there. They're gonna give us this time to listen to it. They're gonna give us this time to pray, to ask God, God, is there an area in my life that I need to let you reign, that, that I've been holding back from, that I haven't wanted you to touch yet? spend that time praying, asking God, and then write that down, okay? You should have two. Write it down on both of them, okay? After they sing, um, they're going to they're read this entire passage to us again, just so that we can hear God's Word and let God's Word speak to us. Then after that, they're going to ask us to stand, and we'll sing the song with them. While we stand, at any time during that song, if you have written something down, I ask you to bring it to the front and put it on Put it on the communion table. The figurative altar. You don't have to put your name on it, okay? But oftentimes it takes a physical response. And yes, people are going to see you come to the front. They are. But you know what? They're not going to know what you wrote down. I'm not going to know what you wrote down. But they're going to know that something stuck this morning and you want to be a different person walking out. You want Christ to reign in all areas of your life. So during that last part, when we're singing that song together, at any time, you go ahead and bring this on up. If you want to stay up here and pray, go ahead. Our leadership would come up and pray with you. If you want to go back to your seats and continue singing the song, that's fine. But that's how it's going to go this morning. When Christ reigns, change pours. And I tell you what, I want that. I want that. Father, I'm not satisfied with who I am this morning. Because if my goal is to be conformed in the image of Christ, if my goal is to learn what it means to be like my creator, who is Jesus, and to look more and more like him, I'm not there yet. God, I know there are areas in my life that you need to fully rain down in. And I want to pray that in these next moments, as the worship team sings, that you would weigh those heavy on my heart. God, for the people who are sitting in here, with us, for your church, for your body, for your sons and daughters, would you do the same thing? You've created us individually, Lord. We are uniquely made in your image. And there are things in each of our lives that we still need to say, all right, Jesus, I'm I'm done. I'm done holding on to it. I want you to reign here. Would you weigh heavy on the hearts of those sitting here? Father, we we want your spirit to move amongst us this morning. We want you to rain down. So do that, Lord.
1: Let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it
2: Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is Being renewed in knowledge in the image of its Creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as Christ's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell you richly as you teach and Abolish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and with gratitude in your hearts to God, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him.
1: Amen. Please stand with us as we sing, let it ring. Let it rain. Let it rain. A song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire. It's every tribe, every tongue in every nation. A love song born of the grateful, cry. It's how God's children sing in glory. He reigns, he reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah. He reigns, he reigns. Let it rise above the four winds, caught up in the heavens. Let praises echo from the towers of cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation, some were meant to persist. Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples. None. is truer than this. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. How Hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. How Hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns. It's all God's God's children singing, singing, glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns, he reigns. It's all God's children singing, glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns, he reigns. And all the powers of darkness tremble at what they just heard. All the powers of darkness Can't a single word But now God's children sing And glory, glory Hallelujah, He reigns He reigns It's all God's children singing Glory, glory Hallelujah, He reigns he it's, it's all that's children singing, glory, glory. glory. Hallelujah. He prays. He prays. It's, it's all that's children singing.
0: Lord God, we thank you that you do reign, uh, not just in the world, not just in our country, but in our church and in our lives. And we pray, Father, that the the words written on these cards, uh, the commitments that we're making to allow you into our lives, we we pray that you would just transform us, Lord, transform us. Would you reign in our lives? And we're excited to watch as you do that. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Listen, two quick things really quick before we dismiss you. The phrase, when it rains, it pours, is typically a negative connotation, right? right? You get up, your car won't start, you finally get it started. you're on your way to work, get a flat tire, get a flat tire, you almost, you're almost to work, somebody rear engine, you tell your boss, man, when it rains, it pours, right? Negative connotation. It didn't originally mean that. Originally, back in the 1910s, 19, so it, was a, it was a motto for a salt company, I'm not kidding a model for a salt company because anytime the salt would get you know if there's moisture in the air, it would get clumped up and it wouldn't it wouldn't shake, but then uh, I forget who it was whatever salt company it was put some sort of chemical huh Morton, Morton. they you know the story, look at that. I don't even need to tell you the story I'm going to tell it anyways. They put it in there, and then you know when it rains it pours still. It's a good thing. When Christ reigns, change pours. Change is not fun. It's hard. Nobody likes to go through it. I'm the last person that wants change. Abby's saying, amen. Amen. Brushes his teeth the same way every single day. But if Christ is the one saying, this is what's going to change in your life because I'm reigning, then it's a good thing. Amen? Amen? It is a good thing. So this week, as you go and you are giving Christ the freedom to reign, may God bless you and protect you. May he smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace, so that his way would be known in all the earth. Amen? And amen.